Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. A lot of people who will say, oh, I regret that I spent so much time at work, I neglected my kids. And for every person who says that, you have a lot of people saying, oh, I didn't take my career seriously enough and didn't spend enough <laughs> yeah. time at the office. So it's getting life right is a challenge. It's walking on that razor's edge and go a little too much in one direction. You're going to worry about the other angle. Yeah, I think it is like either the fear of the unknown or the excitement of the unknown that we will always kind of zone in on. I think everyone is like that really, aren't they? I know, yeah. And then it's the whole thing. If you want to be successful at anything, you usually have to sacrifice some part of your life, don't you? Because mm. if you want to be uh, CEO of your company, you're not going to do that with a 20 hours a week kind of job. Or if you want to be physically fit, you're not going to do that one one day a week. So uh, I don't, like, are we all just destined to, <laughs> to regret every major decision we've ever made in life? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's interesting. That, you know, one of the things that's been fun about studying regret is people are incredibly open uh, and want to talk about it. You know, we like to review our lives, and that's going to, that review is going to turn up some mistakes. But at the same time, you know, on average, people are pretty happy, um, and on average, people are quite happy with their lives and pleased with a lot of their decisions. And maybe one of the reasons they're so open to talking about their regrets is, although painful, they're satisfied with their lives, so they, yeah. it's not so threatening to talk about them. So, um, you know, there's, again, there's two sides to every coin, everything that's a strength. Every strength has its corresponding weakness. You know, it's good to be a funny person, a witty banterer, raconteur. Uh, that's a great thing. We like being around those people. At the same time, truly funny people often are always thinking of the next hilarious thing to say. They may not be great listeners. As you said, someone who's the driven CEO, that's great for that person's career and that company may not be so good for that person's family. Um, and then just, you know, echoing some of your points, the, the irony, I hope you don't, um, in your retirement, worry that you spend too much time studying regret and regret your interest in regret. <laughs> I don't think, you know, it's it's one part of studying human beings, and uh, that's why I feel, I don't even know if it was a decision, whether I stumbled on this career, but um, yeah. it's been endlessly fascinating to study people. Sometimes you might be afraid of even thinking about what potential future regrets you might have, because there might be a, a immediate pain, but would you have just a one piece of advice from all of this studying of re regret and people's life decisions and human behavior? Like, if, what one thing could someone do to try and maybe avoid significant amounts of regret later on down the line? I have a colleague who, she's a famous psychologist, and she was married to a famous uh, psychologist, and when he died, 
She said that a number of people said to her, oh, you know, I didn't know whether to reach out. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to remind you. I didn't know if you were in that space. And her direction to everyone, she wrote about this, is always do it. You know, reach out to people. They're grieving. If they don't want to hear it, they'll tell you and they'll appreciate the sentiment. So a lot of the things that produce regrets of inaction. Oh, that might be awkward. I might not say it exactly right. Mm. People don't care about your saying it exactly right. They just care about the sentiment behind it. So, you know, reach out to people who might be struggling. Uh, 100%. On, on that note, listen, uh, Professor Tom Gilovich, thanks a million for speaking with us this evening. Uh, it was fun. Thanks for having me on your show. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Saoirse here, still to come on the show before 11 in about well, about 20 minutes time we're going to be hearing from someone who is a paranormal investigator who claims to have taken a picture and has photographic evidence of a ghost in a castle out in Galway that they took recently. So that's still to come on the show right now. Room 104's Control-Alt-Delete. And we get a quick roundup of uh, some of the news from the crazy world of uh, science and tech from the last uh, couple of days. Anyway, we chat about this last night. <clears throat> the... Uh, Apple announced that they're launching a new car key, which means that if you have an iPhone and if your phone is new enough anyway, you will be able to open and close your car with your phone, which again, yeah. so terrifies it's me. It terrifies you, but it's, it's really good. It's nice and handy to have so that you don't have to lug your keys around, especially if you own a pair of jeans like I do that don't have pockets. Or a big handbag would take you four hours to find them in the bottom of the bag when you're trying to just get in and it's raining, you know? So yeah. um, the first one that's going with the BMW 5 Series, I think, uh, will be the first car that's officially fully integrated, the car key thing. But if you have some sort of newish car, I'm sure they'll be able to kind of uh, sort that out with you as well. Other stories, this, <clears throat> this is um, a, a bit mad and a bit weird. It's a story of a, a a robotic seal, a robotic, like, pet cuddly toy seal that's being used to help treat people in, one in hospital, but also people who have to cocoon at home and it helps to combat their loneliness. So it's a little like a, just a small little size of a normal little small dog, but it's obviously, a, it's a... It's a toy, for want of a better word. But they're using it in various different hospital situations and in, in other places where elderly people are having to cocoon at home. But um, it costs six grand. Wow, that's expensive. It's a little <clears throat> it's a little white, pretty, cute little seal. So it's a little robotic seal that uh, people have and that they've, they've developed by a company called Paro, P-A-R-O. And I um, you know, was looking into it and I was like, why in the name of God does this little thing cost six grand? And here's what they say it does. It, it has sophisticated artificial intelligence in it. It's a therapeutic robot. Um, it's oh, able that to help. Fun. Yeah, it's able to apparently yeah. help a patient, especially because patients in hospital right now with with coronavirus can't see anyone. So, and even if you go in for a non-coronavirus related procedure, you're isolated because of the virus. So, no one's allowed to see each other. And people are in ICU and have been in ICU for days on end and haven't been allowed really to see anyone at all. So, <clears throat> they say that this therapeutic robot. Reduces stress, can stimulate interaction between patients, caregivers, and improve socialization. So this thing makes little seal noises. If you rub it, it kind of, you know, purrs or makes some animal noises, can wag its tail when you interact with it. So it's kind of like a robotic pet that people are using. I mean, if you have the money to spare, I would definitely get one. And plus, you're not going to infect it, and it can't infect you. But it's a little bit steep for... 
a robot, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure if your VHI is going to be covering that. Can you just bring them up and go, hi, I bought a robotic seal. Use covering this? No? Okay, whoops. Yeah. Um, but that, that's something that they're trying to do to obviously loneliness right now. If we thought loneliness was worse before the lockdown, it's obviously going to be affecting a hell of a lot more people well, than ever we before. We did speak so. last night about uh, our relationships with robots. We are now looking at them as... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, trustworthy and human-like or animal-like, um, as they found in some studies with soldiers, that they were using them nearly as pets. That they, and you they don't have to clean up after this. Like, if you had a pet cat that you didn't have to clean up after, your life would be millions of times better. Yeah, I, it would be cheaper in the long run. Um, yep. They wouldn't cause a mess. Yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> I'd actually love that, but I just don't think... I'd love to actually challenge myself and see if I could get emotionally attached to a robot. I don't think I could. Oh, I don't know. Depends on what type of robot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Even at that, I don't think I'd be emotionally attached. They'd just be useful. What are you thinking about? I am not thinking about anything. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd be getting attached to my Google Home. You know, I'd be asking the things. I'm like, tell me a funny joke. And it's like, okay. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Six grand for a pet seal, pet robotic seal. It's a therapeutic robot that is being used to treat loneliness and stress and things like that. So that's, <clears throat> that's currently what's available if you have that kind of money you want to treat treat yourself while you're in hospital um, the next news came out today as well the original Segway is being retired on July the 15th oh why is that um, why is that? well I don't think it ever caught on 100% and it's they tried them here do you remember they, they gave a couple of the guards here Segways you saw them floating yeah. around Grafton Street in town on the segways, and everyone's just like, lads, what is that? I think they're a little bit dangerous. And then the inventor, tragically enough, the inventor of the um, segway died when his went off the side of like a cliff over in the UK. So he kind of killed himself on it, which was tragic enough. So I, I don't think it was as successful as they wanted it to be. And they're retiring the original version of it um, for now. And it just kind of, it's just not not working out. Hmm. I mean, I never really saw anyone use them bar... You used to see them on hen and stag do's, like if you were in Amsterdam or somewhere. Yeah. I used to always go on those Segway things. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they're a bit chunky and they're a bit of a nuisance. And um, people, I think, are moving more towards scooters and hoverboards and things like that. So apparently yeah. the, the, the Segway, the company which now bought the rights to the design, bought it off the original inventor, it, it just accounts for 1.5% of its revenue last year so they're not a big earner for the company so I think they're kind of like nah yeah good luck see you bye yeah good luck yeah so I don't know Fair if, enough, if yeah. they didn't really pick up here like, I'm trying to think did they do Segway tours in the Phoenix Park once they or am I imagining things I know there's a lot of, obviously you can rent the bikes in the Phoenix Park but did they ever do I can't remember did I ever see tours of Segways in the Phoenix Park is like there a Segway did. tour in the Phoenix Park I feel like Why they did that? a yeah. Segway tour somewhere at some point well, it's like not park, something yeah. anyone is going to miss. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, I don't think you're going to miss the Segway really at all. You know, it's like, and, and loads of people now have replaced the Segway with the most ridiculous looking things in the world. If you've ever been in town and you just see those lads who are clearly like graphic designers or work for an ad agency or Facebook who have those like mono wheel things. It's just one wheel oh, that they stand yeah. on in between their legs and they hover around the place. Yes. you got notions. you really got notions, lads. Yeah, you do. Absolutely, yeah. And at it's least just it's lads rare. who have them. Not even women, yeah. just lads. Lads and chinos, yeah. Can anyone see my mono wheel? No, Derek, they didn't. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the next story. 
there is now AI systems integrating with your air conditioning. So you can buy an air conditioning unit which will constantly monitor the, your own temperature by scanning your face and it will adjust the temperature. You'd love this. So if it was getting too cold for you and it saw that your body temperature was fluctuating, it'll increase the, the room temperature for you. And likewise, if you're getting too hot, it'll reduce it without you having to go up and constantly change it. I love that. And they should actually include this in um, showers as well because my auntie is staying with me at the moment and she likes a normal shower, you know, that's kind of in between hot and cold, whereas I have yeah. mine very hot. So she actually turned around today and she said, how is your skin still on your back <laughs> with the heat that you have the shower up to? So yeah. every time I pop in, I forget to change it back from she has it on kind of nearly cold and I am yeah. about to turn blue. So if they did this everywhere, it would be great. So, so then if you walk is... into a shower and it just change free as well, it'd be nice. Yeah. So you could tell your ideal temperature setting. That would be good. So they, mm. this is a, a, an invention from University of Michigan. Researchers have developed this over there. It's called HEAT. So Human Embodied Autonomous Thermostat. So it's able to just scan you, see where you're looking at your facial temperature and kind of see what you're doing um, and how you're feeling and what your temperature is like and it'll adjust accordingly. So maybe, but again, that'll be the problem. Like again, if that was introduced into our office when we were back in and you're freezing and I'm roasting, what's it going to do then? The thing might just explode. Oh yeah, it could actually. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what we'll do with that. Maybe it could <laughs> be like half and half, half the desk on your side from there backwards could be freezing cold and then I'll be in 38 degrees on the other end. Yeah, yeah. yeah who knows? Who knows? Maybe the studio might be able to handle it but uh, th that's going to be an option. You'll have that option in your office or in your house in, in, in years to come uh, in the next while anyway. Uh, moving on to Switzerland. So Switzerland, research scientists over there, they have uh, taken DNA from a Neanderthal, a Neanderthal and used that DNA to grow a mini brain. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, that's so cool. I thought you were going to talk about chocolate. You know, Switzerland chocolate. But a brain, yeah. a mini brain. Oh, the top 10 chocolates Neanderthals used to eat <laughs> back in the day. 
<clears throat> they do brain chocolate too. Okay, yeah. so a real functioning brain. No, a mini okay. brain brain organoid. So what they've done is using stem cells and a variety of different other techniques, they've taken some of the DNA from a Neanderthal's fossil brain DNA and they've been able to, in a small little petri dish, uh, multiply the DNA sample there to make a small little batch of brain neurons that have been grown from the DNA of a Neanderthal. And what they're trying to do, the reason they're trying to do this is to inform them on how brain development has changed over the years and how brain disorders may or may not <clears throat> work and, and develop. They think if they can see how the brain has developed over the years, maybe they can pinpoint when certain genetic mistakes are made that lead to certain brain disorders and that if they can kind of use older brain DNA, they'll have a better array of bra evolved brains to work from, a bigger sample of brains to work from and research different eras and, and ages of the brain, if that makes sense. So they... Uh, they want to trace back the ancestral lineage and they want to understand better genetic disease susceptibility and how that might have changed over the thousands of years man has been on the planet. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. I just think it's mad that, that you're still able to do that from obviously a fossil that has been thousands and thousands of years old. They're able to pull a little bit of brain DNA out of it and go, here you go. Now, it does obviously open up the imagination to start thinking about cloning Neanderthals from back in the day. And, so you know, you get very, very sci-fi and go, we put a Neanderthal mm. brain into your husband and now he's smarter. That's what I'm scared of. I don't like cloning anything, to be honest. Mm. You know, well, they once you start being yeah. able to clone brains and clone... You know, I think the whole kind of 3D thing where they can... Or for, what is it? Is it 4D? Sorry, 4D print. No, 3D. You know. 3D printing. 3D printing, yeah. 3D. 4D yeah, 3D would be print. like able to print time in another dimension. That would be cool. That's, that would be very cool. Sorry, 3D print your heart and your lungs and all this stuff. Amazing. But cloning, on the other hand, where they can start cloning animals or cloning you. Imagine. Imagine having two of you walking around. Oh, you'd be double the idiot. You'd be like, oh, for God's sake, why did I do that? So, yeah, so listen, we're, we're not there yet, but what they have do, they're growing small little dishes of mini brain, mini neural networks, mini brain cells uh, from Neanderthal DNA <clears throat> over in Switzerland. Um, also, as well, South Koreans can now store their driving license on their smartphones. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I like yeah, that. I suppose, suppose handy. You have your... Um, you know, you can have that Google Pay and Apple Pay and stuff. So you have your bank details already on your phone that you can... I don't know if, if many people use it often, but I've done it once or twice and freaked freaked out the person in the shop with it because, you know, you're like, I just want to tap. <clears throat> and oh, yeah. of, this is before it was kind of popular, maybe a year or two ago, and I just wanted to see if it would work. And you just present your phone to the ATM machine and it scans and you, you pay and job done, happy days. But now, obviously, they're going to be putting up their driving license information on that as well. So... I, I don't know, would there be data issues here now? I'm sure there would be, but there you go. Um, they're going to be able to do that. And the final story this evening, would you like to own yourself a little bit of a fossilised dinosaur? Oh my God, yeah. So you obviously don't need a huge amount of money for this. Uh, the Mini Museum, and uh, the Mini Museum is a place that has thousands of fossils and what you're able to do is they've kind of gotten tiny little pieces of different dinosaurs and they put them up online now where you can sell them through their through their website so you can get a tiny tyrannosaurus rex bone for just 39 dollars it's an actual real one it's a uh, you know it's 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 an actual real fossilized dinosaur bone it's an, you're getting a piece of dinosaur for like 40 quid see that's a cool present 
and yeah. it's not too expensive and it's unique. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, I like this a lot. But okay, if it's that cheap, surely there's only a certain amount of it. Uh, there is the, the piece itself is about two to three centimetres in length so it is a small little piece it doesn't go into saying how much of it there is but I know with things like this as well as they, they limit the amount of purchases you can make per person so they're not going to allow you to buy like uh, a thousand of these and then resell them for double the price so if you go on you're only able to buy a, a couple at a time but um, they've loads of just bone fragments from all over the place yeah it's really cool I yeah, love this so, idea so you can buy an old dinosaur for someone. And then what you do That's is it. you mix that with yeah. the Neanderthal brain and then you mix that into like a, a hybrid Neanderthal dinosaur man. Ah. Or you could just put it in a plaque and put it on your wall. You could you could do that as well. Yeah, that yeah. Might be, someone buy that me this. Yeah, someone cool, listening that knows me, buy me this for my birthday. Actually, Colin, you know, uh, buy it for my birthday. Mm, you're still on my list of enemies. I can't buy anyone on my list of enemies. Yeah, but Anything. not by September. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you might be, it might be a separate assertion enemy list all on its own. <laughs> you know, who knows? Uh, so, listen, that is a control alt delete for this evening. We'll be back next Tuesday. If there's anything you think we have missed or anything you would like uh, mentioned or included in it, let us know. Drop us a WhatsApp. Uh, still to come on the show, paranormal investigators have taken a picture of the face of a ghost in a castle in Galway. This only happened recently. We're going to be chatting to Richard Morrison. Who- FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Room 104, if you want to listen back to the full shows and the individual interviews as well, if you think that might be handier for your listening experience, you can do so by subscribing to the Room 104 podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Uh, just got sent in this uh, a couple of screenshots uh, of uh, people taking uh, taking the piss out of the Yanks again and the, the Americans again, and I just had to read out some of the messages because they're absolutely hilarious. So an Irish meme page is after infiltrating an American Facebook group. And it's nothing malicious. Uh, it's the American, one of the American Facebook pride groups. And <laughs> the, for some reason, the conversation turned onto beautiful Irish names. And they have obviously started giving their beautiful Irish names and telling them what the meanings of them are. Let me give you a quick example. This oh. person on this on this thread has said, I, I love these uh, traditional Irish names. My daughter's name is Ishpini, which means she who greets the dawn. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ishpini. Yeah. So they're obviously giving these uh, fake... Oh, God. So, you know, Ishpini is obviously means sausage. Yeah. Um, so this person is... Uh, and then people are replying underneath it going, absolutely beautiful. No, absolutely beautiful. this is tragic. Yeah. <laughs> is Pogue Mahone in there? Uh, no, the other one is like, they're replying to this going, I know she'll spend her life trying to get people to spell and pronounce it properly, um, but I just know her heritage is so important. And then other people are chiming in going, if they can do it for Sir Sharonan, they can do it for Ishpini Shield. <laughs> oh my god uh, another person yeah, another person has chimed in going uh, my personal favourite Irish name is Cockamillish uh, that one means a talkative <laughs> traveller doesn't it so Irish oh my uh, god stop and then the last one here which is absolutely brilliant uh, Tig's middle name is going to be Lehris from the Shanochal on will Ciadagum Dulgadi on Lehris Mashe de which means the sprightly morning dawns after the darkest evening. <laughs> it does after you pee yourself when you're five in class because <laughs> you're not allowed to go out because you can't remember the sentence. Do you remember that? Does that ever happen to you? If you didn't remember what? it, like this happened in my class. A girl 
put up her hand and you have to say Onwil Callium Dolgadi and Leheris and she couldn't remember the sentence so she peed herself <laughs> hang on, did the teacher not let her out? No, the teacher was like, no, you're not going out. You don't know it. Oh, can you imagine the <laughs> outrage if that would happen in this day and age? Can you imagine that school would be burnt to the ground? <laughs> I'll never forget her face. I was like, oh, <laughs> there's How a puddle. Five. Oh, no. We were genuinely five years of age. Disgusting. And was your teacher like a horrible witch? She was a horrible old woman. Um, yeah. Did she get in trouble over it? No, I don't think she did. Like, I think that was the norm back then. But that was okay. Oh, did you have to get sent home early? Oh, I couldn't remember the phrase. Peed yeah. myself. So you know how it is. You know, you had your change of clothes and you learnt your Irish and that was it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it that's bad. funny. That's, uh, well, anyway, that's um, currently doing the rounds in one of the American uh, pride groups where people are just jumping on the bandwagon and having a laugh. And the Americans have, are, of course lapping that all up. So there you go. Ishbini Sheil is going to become famous now in the next while. <laughs> Which is oh. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, listen, on the way in about five minutes time, you'll hear from a paranormal investigator, Richard Morrison, who has captured, he claims, has captured photographic evidence of a ghost living in a castle out in Galway. He'll be on to tell us more um, uh, very, very soon. Now... FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. And now we're going to talk about the paranormal. And you can let us know if you've ever seen something out of the ordinary that you couldn't logically explain. Because joining us now on the line is um, a gentleman from the Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. They've claimed, claimed recently to have found footage of a ghost at a castle down in Galway. Joining us on the line now from the uh, from the group is Mr. Richard Morrison. Richard, how are things? I'm very well, Cormac. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the show. Uh, listen, no problem at all because these are always, you know, fascinating conversations. And maybe before we get to the recent story about the recent ghosts that you, you feel you may have come across on the latest kind of investigation, how did you wind up in this line of work? That's a very good question, Cormac. I believe that... Anyone that does get involved in paranormal investigations has to have some sort of personal experiences. Um, me, myself, and I'm speaking for myself, is I've had a paranormal experiences from about six years old, and that led right up to the age of 16 um, years old. And I'll be honest with you, um, I asked my... I mean, if I, do you want me to explain what happened to me? Or oh, please, yeah, please do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, to be honest with you, I asked my great-grandfather when I was about six, um, I just... Out of the blue, I said to him, would you ever visit me, Granda, when you died? And he said, of course I would. Two weeks later, my grandfather had to go into hospital, and it was just for a routine operation. And basically, he hemorrhaged on the operating table, and it was due mm. to the surgeon. So about about two weeks after my grandfather's death, I remember waking up and just, just out of the, no, just an instant, I woke up, like as if somebody woke me up, and I looked over to the side, and I seen this green, luminous um, figure standing beside my uh, vestibule, uh, sorry, the dressing dressing table mm. unit, I should say. And um, I just kind of got, I was amazed, but I kind of got scared. And then I put my head over the blanket because I was actually quite frightened at the same time. I told yeah. my parents the next morning what happened and I was told that ah, it was just a dream, it's just your imagination. But I didn't see a face, but at the same time, I felt the next day that it was my grandfather. But then the second night, this same uh, reoccurrence happened again. So then I told my parents again, and again, I was being told, you're dreaming, you're imagining it, it's your imagination. This is where I'm getting back to. I believe that kids have a sixth sense and we all have that sixth sense but I think we get older we start attaching ourselves from this sense and then when I was 16 I woke up 
I, again, it's just this waking up at night and it was standing at the bottom of my bed. And again, it was more of a shock to see it again. And from that time difference, from that age. So it was two mm-hmm. occurrences when I was six and the next one was at 16. And then again, Cormac, I'm sitting in a, in a living room on my own and I know nobody's in the house. And I was about 15 at the time and the lights literally turn off and on. The two light switches, you could hear them going click, 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 click. And the lights were going off and on. I mean, again, that was just, that's unexplainable. That is, that's what I would call paranormal. What would you say to anyone that would say, oh, well, maybe you've got an overactive imagination? Yeah, well, Saoirse, you see, a lot of people would say that, but, I mean, that, you can't be, I mean, I still remember what I was doing. I was watching, um, uh, what was it? I was watching Heartbeat. That's how long ago I remember. I was on uh, UTV at the time, and I remember watching that, and just the, the light switch, there's no way that could have been an overactive imagination. When the lights are going off and on, flashing, and the switches are going click, 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 that happened. I mean, back, I mean, even I said, I wish I had a, some sort of camera back then to have uh, had yeah. proven what happened. So from, from then on, obviously you've had these experiences which you can't explain and have obviously left, uh, you know, an impression on you. How do you then go from that to, you know, actively seeking out and investigating paranormal situations and incidents? Well, you see, Cormac, exactly because I've had a personal experience and I've always been interested in, um, you know, afterlife. I believe that we, you know, there is life after we die. Pointless if we're going to love the 80, 70 years old and then that's it. People say, oh, it's like a light switch, you're gone. You know, I believe that this is a stage where we are and then we move on to another stage. We just don't end here. We keep going. We are energy ourselves. And then sometimes the energy has a residue. It stays within the earth. I don't believe that it just ends when we die. And um, and I, I think that's what's got me more and more. I think that's everybody's fascination. What happens after we die? Because nobody knows when we die, what happens when we die. No one can come back and tell us what happens. So that's why I'm <laughs> yeah. fascinated by it. And that's our, you know, that would be one of my drives to prove yeah. that there is something after life. I think there definitely is. And I often see say that like I'd feel somebody's presence as opposed to seeing a ghost itself or a ghost-like figure but I do remember I used to do the overnight shift in FM 104 so that was like my daytime it wasn't tiredness it wasn't anything like that but on multiple occasions I saw what I can only describe as a face not a scary face in the window where we have the news booth which is right next to the studio that we would have been in I was on my own and I remember thinking I should be terrified of this and I wasn't but it was just kind of flash and I'm, I'm sure that it was something like a, a, a ghost-like figure and I said this to a few people and I had one or two people that said they've heard similar stories throughout the years in the building don't know what that could have been I don't know like it can't be explained it never worried me it never scared me but I never believed in ghosts before that and mm-hmm. I would be someone that kind of gets scared easy with horror films or anything like that so you see and you're mentioning about what you just seen you see a lot of people are under an impression that um, it's buildings you see you got to remember Ireland is a very old country um, you know, we have a monument there, New, uh, Stone, uh, New Grange. It's 5,200 years old, older than Stone Age and uh, the Pyramids of Giza. I mean, the land itself is as old as those, you know, those famous locations. And houses, and people think the house is haunted, or no, I don't even say like the word haunted, but, you know, it has energy or it has, it has entities. But it's, it's all to do with the land. That's what we believe as paranormal investigators you know. So, you know, the building itself, have you done any research yourself about the building? Have you actually looked and found out was there, you know, what was the building before? Or, you know, that helps too, you know, Sorsha, when you're actually trying to determine, you know, is there could possibly be a spirit in that building? I never ever thought anything more of it. When I finished on the overnights, that was the end of that. I never experienced it before. But is there a reason why you might discover these things in the evening as opposed to maybe during the day? No, this is where I was going to actually um, say to you, we, we done an experiment there about a couple of months ago and um, we done it in a castle. We basically 
done an investigation during the day and if anything we were getting exactly the same um, activity that we would get at night time. We believe that spirits do not have the concept of time. It doesn't night time and this between like 3 o'clock and half 3, they call it the witching hour or between 3 and 4 a.m. Basically I just think these Chinese whispers they're not, I don't believe that that's, I believe activities around us all the time and as I said we were amazed by some of the activity that we actually caught in some of our equipment, the, the mail meter and the K2, fluctuations in high temperature, uh, drop in temperatures and uh, EMF was very high. So daytime is just as good as nighttime, Saoirse. I was just thinking maybe it's because there's a lot of people around during the day and there's a lot of noise and a lot of lot going on that you might that, not be... That's probably... That's that's a very good yeah that probably be a very good answer too yeah because I suppose there's a lot of uh, distraction but um, that's we just wanted to be go out and try a daytime investigation and um, we were you know because people always seem to do I suppose it's the effect of doing an investigation at night that makes it more intense and all and you've got the, the darkness and you know but again I mean you can just get as much in the daytime as during nighttime so what happened at one of your recent investigations out in Galway you claim to have found was it a presence or a ghost out in Castle Ellen House yes. Walter, Peter Lambert, we believe it is. And, I mean, we just didn't jump off the bandwagon. Um, Cormac, after, we we done a lot of research about the people that was that had connections to the house. Yeah, so we believe that we've actually, looking at the pictures going through, their eyes are very, very similar. I mean, you can actually, I mean, we've shown this picture to non-believers, we call it, sceptics. And we just say, what do you see there? It's just to test them out. I see a face there. That's, that's all we want to hear. Just That's it. You can see a face. That's great. That's all we want to know. And, you know, when we when this was kept going, the momentum, we said, we got to, we actually probably, we have to get this out to show people what we've actually, what we caught, what we captured. So for someone who, who hasn't necessarily seen the, the, the photo or, or the, the pictures that you've shared online, so, so what, you believe you've you captured a face in... It was up in the attic, and I would like to mention uh, Cormac, it was thanks to uh, Lynn Mack, psychic medium, who from Dublin herself, who travelled up that night to see us to do an investigation with us, and she was very, very good because we were walking along the stairs, and she said, "Richard, I feel a very bad presence, or a sort of not a nice presence. It's all it was all on our Facebook page anyway." But she said she felt a presence up in the attic. She said you need to go up there and take lots of pictures, and I walked up with the camera, actually recording video. It was my colleague who had the Olympus camera and started snapping pictures. Just and this is how you end up catching things like this. You have to take lots and lots and lots of pictures. And it was only going through it we spotted that picture. So we had the guidance of the psychic telling us right. they go up to the attic. There's something not good up there with the presence. Funny because the picture's so clear. I mean, the guy has quite a large nose. I'd say he looks yeah, so like a funny nose for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, uh, we've actually we kind of we've obviously kind of made that lot more resolution to give you to see more because you can actually even the you no know, you can see it's based definitely you can see the two eyes are symmetrical you know there's that is that is what we say is genuine as you would get mm. and obviously when you go into this line of work as you mentioned you do come across skeptical people who will just you know you, you you're never going to convince certain people of certain things anyway and some people obviously looking at this face would see. I'm looking at the picture right now, and yeah, I, I do see a face. I'm like, yeah, it's clear as day, it's a, it's a face. But yeah. what do you, the, the one argument that you might get back to that is, don't we naturally have an ability to see faces in things that aren't really there? You know, you look at the front of a car, some people might, you know, think of it as, as a face oh, or looking, certain yeah. around the house, and you just kind of, it, it, it's just because we're seeing, not that it's not there, but we're programmed to see faces, and maybe it, it's just our, our own, not necessarily our imagination, but we're perceiving a face, like the, the, the mountain on the, or the mound on, 
on Mars where people think that it's a, it's a face and it just happens to be the, the way the lighting yeah. is at a yeah. certain time. So, I mean, what would you say to people who just say, listen, it, it does look like a face, but it's it's not a ghost. It's just us perceiving it that way. Yeah, that's pareidolia. So that this, yeah. this, this, this new word came out there only a couple of years. These are the people that are obviously don't have any faith, not, not faith, it's any belief in the paranormal. So they come up with this new name, pareidolia. So basically, like you said, we are attuned. They look at faces, but we've um, assessed the um, the background, Cormac, you know, you can see mm. the wall. This is this this is just you can see the wall. This all of a sudden, this face breaks the features of the wall. You know, it's you could get away with it and say, oh yeah, look, it's exactly the same shade at the background. There's it's too good, you know, to be even called pardolia. To be honest, Cormac, you know, I'm I know I'm aware about pardolia and um, definitely. Yeah. It's, that's not part of it. That is, I mean, we, you see, we have it on our Facebook page. We have Lynn Mac, as I said, telling us on the recording, Richard, you need to go upstairs. And Anthony Douglas had the, the camera and she told us to go up and do it. It wasn't like we just decided to go and take She actually told us. And there's another picture we have on the page too. She said, my someone, whoever her guy told her to tell us to stay away from the window. Again, when she said that, Anthony Douglas took a lot of pictures at the window and we have a picture on our page again where, see, again, to the normal eye, you can see a head looking through the window. I mean, pareidolia, or again, it's just coincidence. I don't know, um, Cormac, but you see, that's what I love about paranormal because there's no right or there's no wrong answer. And you have to tread lightly then when you come across something like this? Before we do anything, uh, Sorsha, we always ground ourselves. We always do a protection prayer at the beginning. We have, like, salt. You know, we put salt in between our shoes and, you know, we do all that to protect ourselves and at the end we burn sage of any every investigation so nothing attaches itself no attaches itself to no, to us because there is bad forces or bad energy out there and I mean when we if we believe in good we have to believe in, in bad and um, mm. you know again it's, uh, it's 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 one of those you know par- it's paranormal and that's the way it'll always be I mean I mean until we find the proof that there is life after you know death I suppose that would stop all the paranormal investigations wouldn't it I mean that's, I don't, that's <laughs> yeah it would wrap it up for you be like grand job mm. uh, <laughs> the investigation are now complete but who did you say was um, so you said you did this picture and this ghost from the Castle Ellen House in County Galway was of uh, what was it Walter Peter Lambert uh, Walter, who was he? He inherited Castle Ellen House um, they're a family of um, Anglo-Irish people um, they lived they lived in a castle across Castle Ellen House they built Castle Ellen House back in 1810 and um, as I said they had outgrown the small castle the ruins of the small castle are still visible when you stand at the front of Castle Ellen House. You can still see the ruins. I mean, Castle Ellen House itself has a very long history. It includes Edward Carson, um, Northern Ireland's first Prime Minister. His mother was born in Castle House, you mm. know. So, you know, there's a lot of history there. Oscar Wilde used to visit there on the summer holidays. Mm. And um, as I said, you know yourself about the, the, the trial of the century. You had Carson and you had Oscar Wilde. Basically, you had Carson suing Oscar Wilde on behalf of the Marquis of Queensbury in a case involving Oscar Wilde's affair with the Marquis son. So there's a lot of history in the house. I mean, Walter Peter Lambert, I believe, was in Chum in the Imperial Hotel. He choked to death in 1892. And what... Now, this is what got us, now, this is what really got us wanting to do an investigation in here because we heard that the maid were cleaning out his bedroom when they, apparently, that day when he was up in Shum, he had already died. One of the maids said that we see, oh, there's um, Sir Lambert coming up the drive. He 
apparently never walked on foot. He only he travelled by horse and carriage. But later, a few hours later, they found out that their, uh, I say, Sir Lambert died. They obviously the remains were brought down from Tune, and the horse and carriage would not cross the gates. And this is what called us really intrigued as paranormal investigators. We wanted to do an investigation here. And they would not cross. No matter how many times they pulled and they coaxed the horses, they just wouldn't get over the uh, gateway. They dragged all the horses from the stables down from the back of the rear of the house, I should say. They wouldn't cross the actual gateway. So what they had to do, the workers of the house, the land, had to bring the actual um, remains up, carry it up themselves. So that right away was that was something that we really were keen to get on the investigate. Where does that go from here now? Well, you see, Sersha, to be honest, the, the, the castle itself, the, the current owner bought it in 1970, uh, in the 70s, I should say. I mean, it was fallen under ruins. Um, yeah. He's done a lot of work there. I mean, he was more than happy for us to do a paranormal investigation in the castle. He's he's a man that's in his um, early 80s, late 70s, and he was happy for us to do an investigation. He doesn't want to know anything about it. He just told us to go ahead and do your investigation in the building, and he was quite, it was quite generous of him to do that. The only thing that he was concerned about as paranormal investigators, we need to have ins- liability insurance. So obviously we have our liability, we yeah. had insurance, that was the only concern he had. Once he's seen our insurance he gave us the green light to do an investigation in the house after us telling him about what we've done a research with the house. And is he worried? Uh, no, 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 not at all, not at all, Sir. As I said, he, he's one of your, he'd be one of those gentlemen, like I said, again, late 70s, early 80s, he'd be more, you know, different generation, like, you know, it doesn't bother him. Uh, by the way, if you've just tuned in, we're chatting to uh, Richard Morrison from Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. They came across this uh, ghost, they claim, of, of Walter Peter Lambert over in the, the Castle Ellen House down in County Galway. Um, uh, apart from this investigation, which you have done, and you've gotten these photos that are up on your Facebook page at the moment, what have been some of the other weirdest, strangest, scary experiences that you have personally experienced while investigating paranormal activity? Yes, um, that would be in Tyrone House in Kilcoggan, again in Galway. Uh, we were down in the basement of, um, as I explained, Tyrone House, and we were doing um, and we were doing like an EVP, so basically uh, an EVP session, doing a voice recording session, and all of a sudden we were asking questions, and there was a few stones that were chucked in our direction. There was only three of us down there, and they were thrown down and hit one of our legs. No, the one of our colleague's legs, I should say. So basically, that was a bit of a fright because, like I say, a bit of a fright, a bit of a shock because we wouldn't be saying that we're scared or frightened because we wouldn't be in that line of work, Cormac, you know? So mm. we wouldn't, I mean, it was just a bit of a shock. But I mean, there was no explanation for that. That was in Tyrone House, as explained, on the basement. So, I mean, they weren't stones that dropped. They were stones that was actually physically thrown at our legs, I should say. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have some great footage here from uh, Leap Castle that we got last year. I mean, we were following up from another paranormal group's findings about the man in the mirror. We were intrigued by that. And we got a great picture where it looks like a painting. You'd think it was a painting, but it's not. It's like one of those oil paintings. It's an actual... It's a- FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.